welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. If you, cutie, are currently listening on Spotify, then you can like and follow and download the episode. You can follow the show. If you're listening on iTunes, then you can like and follow and download and leave a five-star review and comment. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, then you can like and follow and comment. Make sure to keep up with us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Songwriting Saves the World. <coughs> On yep. Twitter at Song Saves World, mm-hmm. or you can like our page on Facebook. Well, not or really, and <laughs> you can like our page on Facebook. It's Songwriting Saves the World, and you know the drill: get the whole family to like it. Dog, cat, fish, everyone. Monkey. Everyone. Yep. And if you really, really like our show and you want to support us on Patreon at Songwriting Saves the World on Patreon for just four dollars a month, you get extra content from the guests, like song breakdowns, a Songwriting Saves the World laptop sticker, and more merch coming soon. So stay freaking tuned for that, people. Woo! Woo! And now let's jump into this episode with the sweetest, most angelic person, Hannah Cole. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World. Today we have special guest Hannah Cole, who is a singer and songwriter from Nashville. She recently released her debut single, Close, which is a whole indie mood, and we love it. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we have a little intro game called Write Tour Tank, mm-hmm. and it's basically the musical version of F. Mary Kill. Yeah. And okay. so... You have three options, and they are Claro, Matt Maltese, and Harry Styles. And you can write with one, tour with one, and then one has to be dumped in a water tank. Yeah, like carnival style. You throw a ball and they fall in. Got it. Okay. I think this is actually kind of easy for me. (laughs) Really? A little bit. Okay. Definitely write with Matt Maltese. Mm, I feel Um, that. He's incredible. He makes me cry. Um... And then probably tour with Claro. Mm. Um, yeah. And then Tank Harry. I love Harry so Tank much. Tank Harry. I know. Oh, jeez. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm so sorry, but like he's that's doing, just how it has to be. He's doing pretty well. I feel like he <laughs> would take it well. <laughs> yeah, he definitely like, would. Actually, well. Yeah. He would Usually take when it, we say that they'll take it well, I don't know. But Harry Styles, I actually feel like he would take it well. Yeah, he definitely would. At least I hope so. I mean, I've never <laughs> met him, but I'm sure he would. One day we can ask. Can you start with giving us like a summary bra- background of your musical journey and what brought you to the place you're at now? Yeah, of course. Um, so let me think. Okay, I'll go way back and <laughs> good, good, <laughs> and just start from like childhood. So. I started playing the piano actually when I was like six years old. So my neighbor, wow, who I thought was like so cool, oh no, not at all, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor, who I thought was like so cool, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I have to be just like her, obviously. Like, who doesn't yeah. want to be just like their neighbor who's like a few years older? So I was like, oh, she's taking piano lessons. Like, I'm going to take piano lessons. So um, I started and I absolutely hated it. I was like, mm. this is horrible. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And so I stopped playing piano when I was probably like, I don't know, seven. And then a few years later, I got a microphone for Christmas, um, probably when I was like nine years old. And I just started like, you know, singing and playing the piano like for mm-hmm. fun in my house. And my mom and dad were like, oh my gosh, you need to get 
back into lessons and stuff like um and so we had my piano teacher come back in and she's incredible um but she she came back in and she was like you know like I see you have a microphone like have you been singing and I was like <laughs> yeah um and so I just I think I remember what's the first song that I sang to her I think it was back to December by Taylor Swift oh I love good that one. song great one <laughs> it's a great song Pace. it was a great song um and so I played that and I remember I was so nervous and I probably sounded off so bad um no but I think for her and she was like she was like, wait, she was like, she's not bad. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's, this is weird. So, um, like from there, I just like, she like kind of just like made me sing everything and play everything, but never, never, never forced me to, um, like play anything I didn't want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if anything, she like encouraged me to start writing because she knew that I didn't cool. just, yeah, it was really cool because, um, she was very like not traditional like Mm -hmm. I never played like classical music which is like obviously classical music is beautiful but um Mm -hmm. I think she could tell that I had more of a writer's brain and wanted to like because she started teaching me like chords on the piano and I thought that was so cool as a kid because I was like oh my gosh I can just like improvise yeah I just loved being able to play whatever I wanted and then that kind of translated into um writing my own music and just like getting my thoughts out as like a young child which was so funny because I wrote about some pretty like dark (laughs) stuff when I was like 12 and I was like oh no like like what is wrong with me um (laughs) but (laughs) I think I think I just like wanted to I don't know like I don't even remember who my inspirations were at that time when I was that young, but I just like would write about the super deep stuff, which is <laughs> kind of weird. But I think, moody. I think people, at least older people, thought it was really cool. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll just keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think I just kept writing ever since I was like maybe 12 years old and um, I stopped for a while when I was in high school and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went through some stuff in high school, like any normal <laughs> kid right. usually does. Yeah, it happens. Um, <laughs> it happens. But, uh, so from there I was like, I, I'm meant to do music. Mm-hmm. Like I know I am. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I have, this is my only way of getting my feelings out and getting my points across yeah. in an effective way. Like I need to do this. I meant to do this, and so I just kept doing it. Never really took it seriously, um, and then I toured uh, Belmont University, where mm-hmm. I go now in Nashville. And I didn't even know that they had a songwriting program oh, no until way. I like toured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was totally clueless, <laughs> but I saw that they had a program, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'll just apply. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I had buckets of songs inside my phone and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it and um I got in Woo! uh to the program <laughs> yeah I was, I was so happy I was so excited I remember I was so nervous um <laughs> and but it all went well and that's kind of like where I like really started to get into writing and it kind of like forced me in a good way to like write every week every day um and Mm -hmm. 
like just be so creative and being surrounded by such creative people was so cool mm-hmm. I never had that when I was at home I'm from like South Louisiana which like oh, no you think like, oh, jazz yeah. and everything like that which was awesome but I never had anyone like in my hometown that that really pursued mm-hmm. music um so when I got here I just kind of like I was surrounded by a bunch of creative people and I have been writing nonstop, not only for class, but just like for myself, (laughs) which is like, has been very, very fulfilling. Yeah. The first time that like you're around other songwriters is like the craziest thing. I remember I like cried. Like the first time I like met other songwriters, I was like, no way. (laughs) It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And it's so, um, as cool as it is, it's also very humbling. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Because <laughs> you, because you, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I think I'm really good. Right. So are all these other right. people. Like, yeah. Not that, not like, oh, I'm not special, but like, 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 wow, like, you know, I grew up in such a small town where nobody did mm-hmm. music, and I felt kind of like, like it's like a little secret. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one. Right, right. I'm the only one out here. Uh, right. So it is really, really humbling and really motivating, like in in the best way possible. Though. Yeah, I love that. So we talk a lot about a songwriter's toolbox on this sure podcast, do. which is essentially just tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way or that you've learned in school or through collaboration. Right. What are three things that you have in your songwriting toolbox? Oh my goodness. I know. It's kind um, of a tough on the spot question. Yeah, yeah this, is, <laughs> this is a very interesting question. Um, so like by toolbox, do you mean like, you don't mean like physical, do you mean like physical things or do you no. just mean like things like tips? But if you want to do physical <laughs> things, tips, it can be, you know what I mean? Um, my wrench. It can be literally <laughs> anything. My, um, just like things that help make a good session or things that help you get inspired, cool. things like that. I definitely think... Um, every single time a strange phrase pops up in your head to write it down immediately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's like one thing that I do for sure. Like I'll just be like driving or like taking a shower. Um, and like just the weirdest phrase will pop into my head and I'll just like immediately write it down. I'll literally (laughs) be in the shower and like grab my phone and (laughs) write something down. Um, that's really interesting. I think another thing too is like, going outside (laughs) um yeah like good one uh which is obviously hard during like quarantine and stuff a lot of people don't want to do that which I totally understand Mm -hmm. um but if you can safely go outside I think going outside and just like being in nature and like people watching Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and just like taking everything in this is kind of something I learned from my songwriting class this year was like almost like looking at everything with a writer's brain. So Mm. like, as I'm like looking out the window right now, I see like a garden and I see like cardinals and I see like a house, like an old house and like an old staircase. And like, I can like look Mm. at those things and just go deep. Like you have to like look at everything and go just like way deeper into what you're looking Mm. at. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we talk a lot about how, like, sometimes if you are struggling with writer's block, it's because maybe it's not, like, a time for you to produce stuff. It's a time for you to, like, take things in. And I feel like that's a really, like, oh, my God, my microphone fell on my face. (laughs) 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 That's a really, like, yeah, it did. But that's a really kind of unique example of that because I often think of, like, 
turning to books or films or like conversations with people Mm -hmm. like I steal things that like my family and friends say all the time like they say interesting phrases and I'm like funny that you said that because it's gonna show up in a song later (laughs) but (laughs) going outside is yeah one that I I haven't heard but I think I think it's so true anything that you can like look at with an observant eye with like a writer's eye really helps I think another thing too my like last my third thing would be like to listen to as much music as possible yeah um, real. and yeah any genre especially if you want to be like primarily a songwriter like I I'm definitely pursuing like the artist route mm-hmm. um like both mm-hmm. artist and songwriter primarily artist I guess but but if you can write for like if you want to be a writer and stuff I think it's so important to listen to every genre yeah but more importantly like for yourself is to like like listen to music you like and be like oh I want to make music like that not like oh I want to I'm gonna copy yeah. these people but like just listening to so much stuff can like I don't know you can combine everything mm-hmm. into this like the, yeah the most unique thing ever like you can take things that are so familiar and make them so unique which is so cool blending genres and like taking yeah structure that you like or things from like this genre that you I like i mean like speaking yes. of songwriting classes it's hilarious because well anik and i did like a songwriting program thing together like that's where we met but um one of the oh, cool. like class things was where everyone had to bring in like two of their favorite the songs i think it was and then we like listened to them mm-hmm. as a class and then like talked about okay what's strong about that song like is it a certain type of lyric writing like is there a certain structure like is it the production or how they're singing or whatever and then the the teacher was like okay so are you doing that in, that stuff in your music when you write like the things that you just identified are like commonalities in your favorite songs like is that showing up in your writing and everyone's like fuck well um <laughs> Yeah, but it's so true. (laughs) So you have like a very distinctive, like I don't know how you would describe your style, but I hear it like epitome of like bedroom pop, like at least clothes is like kind of right out of a modern coming of age movie, right? Right. Yeah, I love that. What do you think are like the lyrical and melodic elements that create not just like bedroom pop production but bedroom pop songs because i've tried to be like i want to make something really cool and indie and like claro-esque but then i'm like where do i even start because like i just don't like naturally write that way (laughs) well that's so interesting that you ask that because that isn't not my natural way of writing either no Um, way yeah i actually close surprisingly as simple as it is was a very challenging thing for me to write because (laughs) I like everything that I would write before was almost too like poetic or like too Mm. complicated um Mm -hmm. and I remember I was like listening to um I forgot what song I was listening to one day but I was in the car and it was me and my boyfriend and we were like I was like oh my gosh like this song is so catchy like like but it's so good it's like so simple and he was like like, Hannah, like, you need to write a song like that. Like, your songs are really cool, but, like, but, like, he was, like, people will, like, like, love that. Like, people love stuff that they can, like, listen to and, like, it can yeah. be easy for them to listen to. Easy to digest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's good to have, like, a variation, and I don't want all my songs to be like that by any means, but 
I was like, for my first song, I kind of wanted to like be that attention getter and be that like yeah. easy, easy mm-hmm. thing for people to listen to. But that's a really good question. I think, um, I think from my experience of like writing songs like like clothes and um, like sim- simpler songs like that is to like is like less is more in terms of mm-hmm, lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a way to get your point across. Um, and a way to kind of be like clever and like like interesting and symbolic in a way honestly with like while also being very simplistic yeah um Mm -hmm. so at least like for clothes it sounds really simple when you like read the lyrics like Mm -hmm. straight away but if you kind of dive into it a little deeper there's like different ways that you can interpret yeah like the song and like stuff like that so I think less is more honestly is my thing and like in terms of like melody and stuff I feel like that's just a practice makes perfect type of thing any any skill in songwriting or whatever (laughs) literally anything in life um but I think again like listening to music that you like that can that can inspire you to have those like like it needs it needs to be catchy it needs to be simple it needs to be like easy to digest but also like different enough to where people want to listen to you over someone like yeah that they've, you know something that they've heard before yeah. like Clara or whoever yeah I think that's so interesting because like as like songwriters it's so hard I feel like to keep things simple because we're like when you're writing something you're spending like like at least like two plus hours like looking like writing these things usually more right. and you're like mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. when you write something really simple, like you're singing it over and over, and I'm just like, is this enough? Like, am I doing enough here? Yeah, and I always it question enough? it. And then I was writing a song um, that Anika and I wrote called, like, November. Remember, like, a few weeks ago? And mm-hmm. I had this part, and I was like, is this too simple? Like, I feel like this is just too simple. And then I called her, and she's like, yeah. no, I love that. Like, that's super catchy. And I was like, what? I thought I, was, I, thought I should make it way more complicated. Right. <laughs> When it's like, it's because it, it's so funny because, um, like after clothes, I'm like people would have no idea that like one of my biggest inspirations is like Phoebe Bridgers, mm. who's not simple at all. Yeah, no. I feel like um, In one no of way. the like you know most lyrically intricate writers. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, and that's definitely what like what I want to. She's definitely what I want to use for like my future like song inspirations and stuff like that and stuff that I have written but like mm-hmm. um it's so crazy because you're like you know that's like my goal when in reality it's like no I can write whatever yeah I want. it's like you write whatever comes out of you at that time and if it's like if it's good it's good yeah like <laughs> if it's too simple if it's too simple if it's if nothing's too simple or nothing's too much it's if it's good it's good and I agree. like you if you know it's good and and other people are like other people are gonna get it yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) love that so you just released your first single what are some of your goals moving forward I know you said that you're leaning more towards the artist path but you still want to do songwriting and you know I'm Mm -hmm. sure writing your own projects and other projects so moving forward what do you really want to do with music um well definitely as you said like pursuing like the artist route and um I definitely am going to spend, like, my recent, I mean, my, like, you know, my future um, just kind of writing and, like, 
kind of networking and getting to know like more like producers and like Mm -hmm. different writers and stuff like that and like co-writing more and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so I definitely want to release more music but not too much music Um, more music I can't wait (laughs) (laughs) thank you I definitely I definitely am going to be releasing music like you know within this next year I think uh I am very cautious though because I feel like if I do release I think there is a smart way to go about go about it because if I do release too much music I feel like without without that like fan base growing or without Mm -hmm. a fan base growing Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose that like new artist yeah like like I feel like I feel like that's (laughs) right I feel like I honestly from a business standpoint I feel like it's kind of important yeah Um, I agree um because you Mm. know you see some people that like like release like three albums and they all you know aren't really going like the songs aren't really going anywhere unfortunately and it's like it's like Mm -hmm. that sucks because that person has so much potential Mm -hmm. but they're not taking the right business approach because people are going to look at their music and be like, oh, this person released three albums, but it's not right, going anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's not. So I feel mm-hmm. like um, I'm definitely being very cautious about, like, timing and everything like that. But I think um, I definitely want to be able to write music for other artists, too. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. maybe, like, even, like, for sync stuff, mm-hmm. like, for movies and it's a lot of fun. stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been, I've been connecting with... Um, some friends who are in the songwriting program at Belmont and uh, they are kind of like working on stuff for sync. And um, it just seems like such an interesting, interesting world. <laughs> um, so I definitely want to kind of tap Dip into a that toe too. into the sync world. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I love that you're <laughs> like planning kind of marketing and releasing music. Cause I think that that, is so smart it's true like especially like to get plays on spotify and like the whole process is so can be like frustrating but you really have to like it's like equal parts music and promotion like if not more promotion i feel like Mm -hmm. it's like 60 40 right literally yeah and it's it can be really like tempting for people to just like put out a lot of music but you know you gotta take it slow gotta take it one step at a time Right, exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're like, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. Because it's like, oh, that's what I meant to do. I meant to yeah. create, and it's like, it's like, because it's like, how do you build a fan base without like putting things out? And then it's like, I don't want to put too many things out because of like the reasons that you were saying. But it's like, I need to give people something to listen exactly. to. Exactly. So just exactly. It's a tough balance. It is. It's like a catch twenty-two. So you live in Nashville, obviously. Go to Belmont. What's it like mm-hmm. being in, like, an intense, like, densely musical songwriting city like that? Do you feel like it has really helped you as an artist and, like, find yourself musically or, like, hindered that process because there's so much going on? Right. I think it's definitely helped me a lot. I think Nashville itself is kind of, like, a little bit more chill than, you know, where the mm-hmm. where the business is otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think it's definitely been very helpful, I think, with the, like, our teachers and everything who, like, 
still yeah, work yeah. here, like in Nashville, like as writers and and stuff like that. Um, that's they've given us such good advice and everything like that. Um, I think it is kind of harder in the like indie mm, pop yeah. realm here in Nashville because mm-hmm. it is such a country dominated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um that's fair city um like literally every place you go there's like you know country music which is like totally cool (laughs) but I think um it's it is harder to kind of like kind of like get your Mm. voice out there in such a like it's not like a one genre city but like it almost kind of feels like oh my gosh how am I gonna like really do something here if you know if everyone wants country music it's like but yeah. there's still some exceptions, like, you know, like, Charlie Adams, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. is from here. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's, again, another, like, Catch-22, because it is a little bit harder here, like, with, like, you know, all the country music and everything. But I do think that it kind of helps artists like me in and, like, in the more, like, indie genre to, like, um, stick yeah, out a little bit more. definitely. Or, like... Yeah. Be that kind of unique. Not super unique. <laughs> You're you know, unique. Kind of more unique. Don't than, kid yeah. yourself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Just like, I don't know. And it's kind of sets um, artists like me apart a little bit. I think, yeah. For sure. I mean, I will say the times I've been to Nashville, I heard country roads a lot. Like, I can't even lie. I heard it a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe you. I, I do not doubt that. <laughs> I really did. Like, I wake I up and I hear it. I'm my so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of this city, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're not. Well, wow. That's all our questions for you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you for chatting. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Everyone go listen to Close. Go stream it. Oh, thank you. You'll Please. thank us. I'm begging. <laughs> yes, go stream it now. Song of the week and woman of the week. Go. go. Okay, I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) My song of the week is Asleep by the Smiths. Honestly, guys, I've been thinking a lot about the Perks Being Wallflower. And that song comes up a lot in that movie. And it's heartbreaking. And it makes me feel inexplicably sad and tragic. (laughs) And that kind of sounds bad. But if you're looking to feel tragic in a really, like, 70s coming-of-age movie way, then I really recommend that you listen to Asleep. You could maybe journal a bit, go for a drive, and you should be about on that wavelength. And that's my song of the week. (laughs) My song of the week is Riding to New York by Passenger. Um, It's funny that we were talking about... It's such a good song. But it's funny that we were talking about the class with David at NYU because this is one of the songs that makes me think about the class. Mm, Yeah. Because I really love descriptive lyrics and like this song is very descriptive. Like, in the first, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the first verse, like, literally the first line is, I met him in Minnesota. It was dark and overcast with long gray hair and eyes that stared through me like I was glass. That's so I beautiful. Like, Look at that. Like, uh, yeah, and just the lovely. whole, the whole song is very descriptive and it's a very, very sad song. It's really sad. <laughs> and Sasha's computer is dying, so we don't have time to go into it, but definitely check it out. Very, very great song based off of a true story. And I love the song and I love Passenger. So yeah. check it out. My woman of the week is actually my friend Jazara. 
She released her debut single, Friends, this year, and it's done so well. It's been played on Radio Disney, and I personally jam to it all the time. Jazara literally has the voice of an angel and mad writing skills, so go check her out on Instagram at jazara.music and jazara on Spotify. My woman of the week this week is Taylor Parks. Taylor Parks! I love her! Taylor Parks. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I first heard of her from Hairspray. Yep. And then I was listening to Ariana Grande's album and looking at the writers on it, and then I saw her look her up, and I was like, oh my god, it's the same person. I'm obsessed with and it. <laughs> yeah, she's so awesome. She's written for Ariana Grande, Fifth Harmony, Khalid, Chris Brown, um, Christina Panic Aguilera, Rihanna, Panic the Disco, Demi Lovato. Everyone. It's tons of people. And she's just super, super talented. She seems like a really cool person. Yeah. And so she's my woman of the week. Love her. Thank you guys for listening to that episode. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Mwah. Mwah. Even in the dark, I see your face and end up on my own.